curse you and may even make you mad. Listener discretion is strongly advised. The truth can be ugly. But as a taxpaying citizen, you have the right to know what is happening in your government. For your ticket to the undisclosed news, stories, and information ignored by big media, this is Backroom Access with your host, Jeff Kaysen. Jeff Kaysen. Hello, friends and patriots, and welcome to Backroom Access. And this week's episode number 52, Who Really Owns Your Property? Before I get started today, there's some news that I'd like to share with you. As most of you know, I launched Backroom Access approximately one year ago, and over the course Of the last 12 months, I've shared my experiences and points of view resulting from my time serving in the Texas House in the 87th session. Well, I'm excited to announce moving forward, starting with today's episode, Backroom Access will be partnering with Texas Scorecard. The same great content will now be paired with a great media company still focused on serving Texans everywhere. Well... This week, we had the opportunity to visit with the president of Texans for Fiscal Responsibility, Mr. Tim Harden. Tim has multiple degrees, including a master's in biblical studies. He's a small businessman, a pastor, and he also served as chief of staff in the Texas House for eight years. Now it's time to welcome our special guest to Backroom Access. 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 Tim Harden, welcome to Backroom Access. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing good. I just want to say thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule to uh, stop by here and have a conversation with us. And... um, Tim, one of the things, first of all, I've, I've already kind of introduced you in, in the monologue as the uh, president of Texans for Fiscal Responsibility, and uh, I'm certainly on your mailing list. And one of the things that uh, you've recently done is you've gone to the Capitol last week and testified about our property tax situation. And I've already done an episode uh, here at Backroom Access on that, and, and my position's pretty loud and clear about uh, property tax and how I think it's nothing but uh, government theft. But that's what we'd like <laughs> to address today and, and, and kind of get your view on things. And then tell us a little bit about how the uh, testimony went uh, down in Austin. And uh, then we can talk about, uh, start speculating on where we think this will all go. Because my personal speculation is, I think Austin's just going to kick this can down the road again after the 88 sessions over. But, you know, that being said, we'll see what you've got to say. So let's kick this thing off and tell us, uh, you know, your position on property tax and uh, what, what the outlook looks like. Well, sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've we've been saying for uh, as an organization, Texans for Fiscal Responsibility, um, that we believe that uh, property taxes are specifically the way we do property taxes in Texas, the perpetual property tax system is a complete violation and infringement on private property rights. Um, you know, and, and usually we don't get much pushback from people because people understand that even if you paid your house off, your property off, you are paying rent to the government 
every single year. And if you think that you own your property, I tell people, we'll just stop paying your taxes and you're going to find out who owns your property. They will foreclose on your property. They will take your property away from you. And so there's just better ways to fund government. Uh, there is a lot of different plans out there as far as how we could eliminate property taxes. Uh, our specific plan that we've been talking about for uh, over a year now uh, would involve using the surplus uh, that has uh, come about because of a number of different factors, uh, mainly because of a spending cap that was put in place last go round. And of course, it started off at an $8 billion surplus, grew to 15, grew to 27, and now we're at 32.6 billion dollars uh, of taxpayer dollars that are out there. So our plan essentially uh, would be to take 90% of that and ongoing surpluses and start paying down starting with school maintenance and operation tax, which is about 40 to 50% of your, your tax bill, depending on where you're at. And so we see that as a low hanging fruit. We would like to see that uh, completely eliminated. Essentially what we would do is dedicate that to general revenue, uh, GR funding at the state. Uh, and that would essentially make that disappear. Uh, we would then like to focus on all the other parts of your property tax bill, which is cities, counties, um, special purpose districts. Uh, and the, we think the best way to do that would be the same thing, which is take uh, or basically enforce a spending cap, population plus inflation on local governments that would then in turn create surpluses who would use those surplus dollars to pay down or compress rates until they're zero. And we, we favor this plan uh, above other plans because it doesn't create any new taxes. And, and we, we don't believe that Texas has a uh, a revenue problem. We have a spending problem. Exactly. Uh, the only reason taxes are are collected is to spend money, and so we think we spend enough already. Our budget has grown uh, grown three hundred percent since two thousand. Population's only grown about forty percent since then, and so we'd like to see fiscal restraints. Um, and that is essentially our position on property taxes. We're with you. We think it's theft, uh, and we think that we would like uh, to see Texas return and restore private property rights to all Texans. Well, tell me, what impact, uh, and this kind of takes a detour a little bit, but all the illegal immigration, the invasion of, of people that don't belong here, what impact does their presence have going forward? What, how would that impact uh, your plan and, and you know, how it would play out? Well, I think when you, you look at the system as a whole, um, you know, there's a lot of entitlements that are given uh, to illegals, whether that's, you know, in-state tuition or TANF or food stamps or you name it. And and no matter what, when you have takers, when you have people who are in the wagon, right, uh, it's a bigger burden on the wagon pullers. And these these programs, uh, whether or not they're coming from property taxes or other taxes, it's still a burden on the entire system and ultimately costs taxpayers money, which uh, ends up uh, hurting us across the board. And so um, that's that's one factor, absolutely, uh, that, that is hurting us. But we have, honestly, a lot of issues in Texas as well. But I, I think that, again, uh, this go around, especially with all the problems we would have in the border, it's another piece of low-hanging fruit that the legislature should be taking care of this go around for sure. You know, Tim, one of the troubling things that, that I see, and of course, you know, I served in the 87th legislative session, but one of the things that troubles me is I filed a bill to eliminate in-state tuition for illegals, and uh, that went nowhere. There was absolutely zero appetite in the body, both sides of the aisle, to even give that bill a hearing. And I have to question if our Republican 
officials in the chamber actually really have the um, the uh, wherewithal to get you know something like that through to turn off some of these magnets because that really is a big part of the problem. Yeah. You're 100% right. And, you know, uh, before you, of course, you know that uh, I work for Representative Stickland, who also Representative House District 92, uh, and we carried that bill multiple times. It's the same story. Um, you know, there's a big disconnect from the Republican Party in Texas, grassroots conservatives and activists, uh, and the elected elite. Um, it, it's it's kind of like, you know, they they say the rhetoric and they say what they need to say. They call themselves conservatives and they say they're, you know, you know, America first and Texas first. But then when they get into the Austin swamp, things change uh, and it's it's basically business as usual. Uh, and then somehow they're able to come back and deceive voters over and over again. It's very frustrating. But I think that's that's one of the reasons why our organization exists. We try to provide transparency. Uh, and, and I do think that we're seeing a groundswell of grassroots uh, activists, uh, you know, kind of rise up in the same way that we saw them rise up in the Tea Party movement in 2008 with Joe Biden just destroying our country. Uh, people are getting sick and tired of business as usual. And so I'm very optimistic about the next few years and, and what we can do in Texas. Well, we definitely have to keep pushing forward. Uh, you know, it's real easy to get down and let down. And as I said earlier, just feel like nothing nothing really uh, of substance is going to come from this session. They're just going to kick cans down the road. And, and I hope I'm proven wrong, but history, history shows that that has been the, the routine. The Republicans have controlled the, the state house for over 20 years. And people keep asking, why can't we get more conservative policies passed through the Capitol when we control things? We control the governor's mansion, the lieutenant governor's seat, the Senate, the House, everything. And why can't we get more things done? Well, I would submit to you that the reason is a majority of the so-called Republicans really aren't Republicans. And I know I, I know the labels. I don't like the name calling, oh, he's a rhino and so forth. But but really and truly, it's it's quite bothersome to see these guys campaign on all of these priorities and play up to the grassroots and, and tell them what they think they want to hear. And then once they get reelected, they go to Austin and they continue to do the same old thing. But the problem is, and you've been down there, you know this, I know it now from experience. The problem is there's a punishment and reward system set up in that chamber. And the people that run and control the chamber are the ones that hand out the punishment or the rewards. And it's, it's almost kind of like Pavlov's dogs. Uh, you know, uh, once they get you trained and you start following leadership, everything's fine and you'll get some bills passed. But if you buck the system and you step out of line and all of a sudden become a bad boy in the eyes of leadership, you go nowhere. You get nothing done. And that's really unfortunate. And uh, I just I just hope that more and more voters will will start uh, realizing how things really are down there in the Capitol and what really needs to be done. And I think the only thing that can be done is to start replacing some of these rascals that uh, continue to play these games and, and yet keep going back and doing the same thing over and over. Tim, one of the things I wanted to ask you about your plan at TFR is how long if it truly is feasible, and I, I believe it is, that property tax can ultimately be eliminated, how long of a process, because it's not going to happen overnight, how long would this, in your estimation, uh, take? Uh, five years, 10 years, 20 years? 
So when you're talking about uh, school M&O, which is not not all of property taxes, but like I said, that's the easiest one to deal with. We actually just had uh, our, our PhD economist, Vance Ginn, who used to be with TPPF, yes. with the Trump Organization. So he actually helped us write our plan. And our plan involves freezing the budget uh, at, at, at basically last biennials levels. And so, you know, we have a, a, a cap in place. Unfortunately, inflation was at 9% last year. And so they're allowing our budget to grow 12.3%, uh, which is way too much in my opinion. But mm-hmm. if we froze, if we froze that budget at last biennials levels, and it makes sense because when you ask conservatives, is, is government too big already? Everyone says yes. Even these lawmakers will tell you yes. However, no one has the you know, intestinal fortitude to say, OK, well, enough's enough. We have this strategy that we continue to allow government to grow. We'll just slow the growth. We, we won't actually cut government. And so we're saying, let's be consistent. And we're not even asking for you to cut government. That would be even better. We're just saying freeze it in its spot. That would then basically produce $64 billion if you're including the current surplus. Uh, to, to work with. And what our projections show is anywhere between four and five years, we can eliminate all school MO uh, taxes in Texas. That's half of your bill. When it comes to projecting out the, the rest of it, uh, we would need to place uh, a few things on local governments because they're a real problem in Texas. But TPPF, uh, our organization, uh, I think the Huffines Liberty uh, 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 Foundation, all project within 10 years, we can eliminate all property taxes in Texas. But of course, it's going to take fiscal restraint. It's going to take cuts, right? It's going to take hard decisions by legislators. Um, and so it, that, it's dependent on on that. But is it feasible? Is it possible? Absolutely. It's possible to completely eliminate property taxes within the next 10 years. Do you think you've generated any sincere, truly sincere, real interest in this plan? I think we have. And, and here's why. Uh, about, about a year and a half ago, when we started talking about the concept of eliminating property taxes, uh, people, you know, most people will say very common things. Oh, we can't do that. How are we going to fund government? All, the, all these typical questions, right? And what that tells us, and, and I talk a lot of times when I speak about the Overton window, that concept of eliminating uh, property taxes outside of the Overton window, not, not kosher for people who are within uh, a political office to talk about come to this session. Now, after us talking about this and other organizations as well, to be fair, um, we now have eight bills, I believe, in the House that would use a 90% surplus. I believe Representative Shaheen just had his referred. Um, Matt Schaefer has one. Ellen Troxler has one. Briscoe Kane has one. Uh, and we also had Mace Middleton file a 90% buy-down to elimination in the Senate. Uh, which uh, I think the only one I knew about last go run was Oliverson brought one in the special uh, legislative session. And so we have an eightfold increase in the House. We're having people seriously talk about the concept of, uh, of elimination. And as you know, you know, it, political policy does not happen overnight. You know, what, what I was taught when I was in the legislature is usually it takes about two to three legislative sessions to get anything passed. Mm-hmm. And so there, there is, it, it is a long, it does take time. And so we're not going to snap our fingers and property taxes are just going to disappear overnight. It takes time for movements to manifest and for that to affect policy. And of course, I've, I've said as well, you know, Andrew Breitbart's famous quote, which is, you know, culture is, uh, or policy is downstream from culture. And so we, we are now in the process of changing culture and convincing people that, yes, we, we actually can 
eliminate property taxes and you actually can have your private property rights restored, um, it is possible. That's the first hump. And I think people are there. It's possible. Now we're kind of in the second phase, which is actually trying to get some policy passed. And so I'm very encouraged by the amount of bills that have been filed. We will see where they go. You know, I'm, 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 you know, uh, skeptical as well. Uh, maybe I would call myself cautiously optimistic. Uh, I don't think necessarily this go around we're going to eliminate property taxes, but I think some of these bills have a really good chance uh, to get to the floor and at least to see where some people uh, fall in this would be really, really good. I think we have a very realistic and serious chance of eliminating property taxes, getting the policy passed within the next five to 10 years. I well, really do. That sounds encouraging. Uh, sometimes I, I feel like a prophet of doom, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I truly believe that if everybody gets on the same page and lands on a plan uh, that is feasible, I, I, I think it can be done. I, you know, this, I think, was it, uh, the former governor candidate uh, Deborah Medina didn't didn't she yes. uh, run on property tax uh, elimination? Yes. And so there's a whole group right now that we're actually really friends with uh, that are called Eliminate Property Tax. They have a big Facebook following, uh, and they are still pushing that plan. It involves it's really a restructuring of all all taxes. I think they're using a VAT tax and a combination of, of, of other things as well, um, which like I said, our organization doesn't necessarily believe we have to create new taxes or restructure. However, we don't we don't reject their plan either because their goal is the exact same as ours. They just do it in a different way. They're a great group of people. And yeah, the, what she ran on originally, that is still alive. Uh, and I believe they have uh, at least one or two bills filed for, for them as well. I'm not sure where they are in the process. Um, but yeah, yeah, that is exactly. And honestly, we need we need a governor. And honestly, Governor Abbott has said multiple times. He said in the in the debate with Beto that his goal was to eliminate school property taxes. And so there shows once again the Overton window has shifted, where we have the governor saying that we need to eliminate school property. Who would have thought he would have said that mm-hmm. two or three years ago? Right. In the past, I want to say a few, maybe 2015, 2016, uh, he's had multiple tweets where he says, no, you you do not own your property if property taxes exist. Um, and so we have multiple statements from him conceding uh, the points that we're making. Right. And so I think I think deep down these these lawmakers and, and politicians know they just, you know, they have to be reassured that if they come out and say something, uh, you know, uh, that's that's a little controversial that they're not going to be you know uh, voted out of office and that's like I said that's that concept of the Overton window once they feel it's inside and it's okay to talk about at that point we are we're talking hey we might have a serious shot at passing this policy and I think we're finally inside that window and so now the real work begins right well we need more leaders uh, in Austin that will stand up and show us the courage of their convictions and stop worrying about getting reelected and start worrying about what's best for the taxpayers and property owners in our great state. So anyway, well, Tim, I just want to say thank you for all the work you and and your colleagues at uh, Texans for Fiscal Responsibility are doing, and uh, especially on this topic. Uh, Can you tell the listeners uh, quickly how to uh, find TFR? Yeah, you can, uh, of course, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, I think we're on Instagram, I don't go in there a whole lot, but you can go to texastaxpayers.com, that's our main website, that's where we house our index, where we score legislators, so you can go in the index and see how your legislator votes on size of government issues, and of course, we have our Texas Prosperity Plan, our legislative priorities, and the the plan uh, to eliminate property taxes is on there as well. 
Uh, so go on there, check it out. Uh, there, it's, there's a lot of resources for taxpayers on there. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I know I've used it before and it is very, very helpful. And, and, and it's, it's quite eye-opening when you, you look at legislators that have been returning to the Capitol three, four, five, six sessions, and you start looking at their scores. When they arrive in Austin, their first one or two sessions, you know, they have pretty respectable scores, but it's, it's very interesting to see how quite frankly, a majority of them start sliding and, uh, you know, their current scores uh, couldn't even get them passed out of high school. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite eye opening for sure. Well, again, thank you so much for uh, stopping by here at Backroom Access and uh, chatting with us and, and sharing this information. And we'd love to invite you back, uh, you know, toward the end of session or after session's over to kind of recap and see just what kind of movement and successes were had on this uh, topic of property tax and to see if they're really kicking the can down the road or if there is any substantive uh, movement and uh, just cause for optimism. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on. It was a pleasure. All right. Thanks a lot, Tim. We'll be uh, catching up soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Well, friends, there you have it. Eliminating property tax in Texas is definitely possible. It's not something that would happen overnight, but Tim laid out the plan from Texans for Fiscal Responsibility, and it's a logical and reasonable plan. The big question is, will the public servants in our state capital have the will the intestinal fortitude and integrity to finally accept the fact that property tax is truly theft and take that first step in eliminating them, or will they just continue to kick this can down the road? The reality is, as long as we have property tax, you will never truly own your home or property. Where does your representative stand on this issue? Well, folks, thank you again for listening into this episode. As I said earlier, Backroom Access is now proud to be partnering with Texas Scorecard to bring you even more great content going forward. You can find this podcast at texasscorecard.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And remember, friends, ultimately, it's our responsibility to know what our public servants are doing. And the way we can do that is to be informed, be empowered, and be engaged. Have a great week, stay safe, and may God bless you, and may God bless the great state of Texas. Until next week. Thank you for listening to Backroom Access. And remember, and remember, you deserve the truth about what is happening in your government. So stay informed and be empowered so you can engage in the process. For notes from today's show or to ask Jeff a question, please visit backroomaccess.com.